Hi, hello, it's AJ, and welcome to the seventh episode of the Waffling Podcast. Lovely to have you guys here, and it's a lovely weekend indeed. I guess this week has been pretty busy for me, and also a pretty fun one as well. So, yeah, without further ado, let's get on with the customs. If you're new here, welcome to the podcast, and if you're not, welcome back. Lovely to have you guys here, as always, and this is a generally clean podcast. I will keep any weird words or weird topics to a minimum, so you don't need to worry about that. And with that said, let's get this rolling. And for the very first topic for today, I want to talk about the languages of love. And this idea actually came across to me while I was scrolling through Instagram and Allow me to give you the context as to why I want to talk about this because I find it really, really intriguing when it comes to relationships either with anyone, basically. So, yeah, let's get on with the story. So, as I was scrolling through Instagram, I came across this one post and basically it was like a thread between like a husband and wife and basically the wife was actually having trouble because she was the type of person that would tell her husband I love you verbally and like a lot a lot a lot of times throughout the day and the thing is her husband actually didn't really say it as much as she did and at first it was actually quite tolerable because she might be able to like tolerate it at first but then after a while she started to notice that her husband wasn't saying it as much as her and she started to feel kind of down and as if as her husband doesn't love her as much as she loves him and then the wife actually said that she was talking with her husband and they were reminiscing about an old time when she was younger she and one of her aunts had this kind of connection where they would tap each other on the arm three times to kind of say like I love you and after that everything changed with her husband the next thing you know he was actually tapping her body like everywhere on her head on her hands on her arms basically just like tap 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 saying that I love you I love you I love you and that's when it dawned on her that her husband actually did love her the entire time it's just that there was no means of communication that he was able to show it to her. And then, boom, languages of love. <laughs> I think that's a good enough introduction. I feel that we might have a little bit of a misunderstanding if we don't really understand what is our love language and what is the love language of people around us. And with that said, let's get on to the different languages of love. <laughs> Here we go. Okay, so since we used the example just now, uh, the first love language that I wanted to talk about is the one and only physical touch. <laughs> I mean, that's basically natural, I guess. I mean, you want to be able to hug someone or I guess you want to be able to hold hands. And physical touch is something that we always see in relationships or even in family or even in friends, you know. You always have that one friend that the moment they see you, they just want to run up to you and hug you. And basically, that's a way of saying I love you or basically saying that they care for you. And 
yeah, physical touch is not really that complicated. It's, it's just, it, it is what it is, physical touch. And the thing is, is that people who have the love language of physical touch actually feel unloved when no one is actually there for them, you know? As an example, if you, I guess, avoid their hugs or, I don't know, don't want to high-five them or something like that, you know, it kind of hurts them because they don't receive that loving feeling because you're actually kind of avoiding them physically. So, yeah, I, I guess that's pretty much for physical touch. And if you want to keep it halal, of course. <laughs> I guess for me, physical touch can also be just like, being in the physical presence of that person you know uh, yeah yeah you get what i mean and that was actually the love language of the husband as you can tell because the way that he wanted to communicate his way of saying i love you is by tapping three times letting his wife know that he loves her so i think that's pretty sweet <laughs> so the next one is words of affirmation and this is the one that the wife had and basically words of affirmation is verbally saying things like as an example of course saying i love you or saying stuff like uh giving compliments to the person saying positive things always just basically saying saying whatever that your heart wants to say that that's words of affirmation and people who have this love language either they like to give compliments or they like to receive compliments so yeah as for quality time quality time is basically just having undivided attention with one another so as an example right maybe going to a party is not really having quality time with a person because it's loud and there are a lot of other people that might actually distract you or disturb you. So an example of quality time may actually be what happens after the party or maybe like going home and just having that alone time with that one person or whoever it is, just being able to give your undivided attention to them, listen to them and speak within the bottom of your hearts. And that's quality time. And I think that is that is my love language, I, I believe so. The next one is gifts. Gifts are self-explanatory, I must say. People who like to give gifts and people who like to receive gifts have a love language of gifts. And the cool thing, I think, about gifts is that it shows that person that you were actually thinking of them at that exact moment. And I think that's pretty nice. I think that's pretty sweet, knowing that they think about you throughout their the course of their day. And it doesn't really need to be anything, but just knowing that they put in a little bit of thought into it. I, uh, <laughs> that, that's nice. And then the very, very last one is the acts of service. Now, acts of service is like kind of the opposite, not the opposite, but more to like the rival of words of affirmation. I think words of affirmation is more to saying while acts of service is more to doing. So acts of service is basically going out of your way to do things for the other person. As an example, right? let's say that maybe your wife is actually working late or probably can't make it to buy like groceries or something like that. So an act of service would actually be going out of your way and just 
going to finish up her errands or do something that would help the other person. So those are the five languages of love. And I hope you guys can actually know what you, your love language is because hopefully I've explained it pretty clearly. I hope so. And it's really important to know what's your love language and also what's other people's love languages because you want to be able to reduce or avoid any misunderstandings between each other. Like, you don't want to be hugging someone that doesn't have a love language of physical touch because they might feel awkward or something like that and they won't reciprocate that feeling or they won't actually realize that you're trying to show them that you care. That's the one thing that actually happens in relationships and it can actually bring up a lot of misunderstandings if you don't know what is the love language of the other person. And it doesn't go for partners only. It goes for your family and your friends as well. In all honesty, I think it's really amazing how we all have different ways of showing love. And we also have ways of understanding love. Things are individual and things have to be applied individually. You know, you can't just like blindly do whatever you want to do and and basically leave it up to them for them to interpret what you're doing like you you can't just expect them to understand that you're showing them that you care because everyone has different ways of interpreting things so with that said i hope this makes things a little bit clearer and i hope this actually helps you in understanding the ones around you and also understanding yourself in finding out what truly makes you feel loved and I know it's pretty sappy, but, you know, this thing can actually be gangsta as well. <laughs> you always got to show your gangsta some love, right? So you go spread some love, bro. So, yeah. So last week, I asked you guys on Instagram on whether if you had a weekend to spend with a group of friends, would you rather spend it in a forest or at a beach? And I thought, I, I honestly thought in my head there was going to be at least a big a big debate. I was hoping that there was going to be a split off between the forests and beaches. Because if you think about it, forests and beaches are pretty cool, don't you think? I mean, they have their own little traits to it. And instantly, with the moment that I posted it, I just realized that you guys thought differently. <laughs> so the majority of you guys actually chose beaches. and. I I was I was kind of shocked, but at the same time, I kind of understand you guys. But but before I follow into the footsteps of the majority, <laughs> let's take a little dive onto why I thought this would be actually a kind of good debate. But at the same time, I I was proved wrong. <laughs> so here we go. If you ask me, forests are actually the type of place to go that is like really serene and calm. And for me, it's it's a nice place to actually get to know someone because when you're at a forest, you you literally just have to rely on one another. And basically, you really need to rely on each other to survive a night or survive a weekend off because you have to make a fire. It's going to get cold, I guess. And you would have to work together-ish 
to survive well not really survive but actually have a good time and the thing about forests they're they are really silent and really quiet and they're secluded so having that kind of environment actually allows us to feel a little bit close to one another and we tend to be a bit quiet and more reserved and more into actually just feeling things if you ask me when i go camping i absolutely love those moments where everyone is just like kind of quiet doing their own little thing or probably just doing things together but just very quietly and usually that happens like when people just wake up or when people are about to sleep you know it has that kind of intimacy into it and i i love that part about forests and uh forests are a great place to have s'mores i mean they're literally made for forests s'mores are made for forests and yeah i think that forests are actually unique when you're with friends you can actually gain a better connection with them when you're there but <laughs> as for beaches i can say that be- beaches are basically the same thing but with a little twist if you ask me beaches are more of a open and kind of like energetic kind of vibe to it because when you're at a beach all you want to do is have fun you literally wake up and then you go swimming and then you hang out in the ocean and then you can go tanning you can play built sand castles and all that and the thing about beaches they're not quiet you'd have a constant rhythm of the waves bashing against the shore and people aren't quiet on beaches whoever is quiet on beaches i'm quite terrified of you guys <laughs> because it should be a place where everyone's like having fun and letting loose so i guess if you ask me they have two different vibes and i feel that beaches when you're there you can actually just enjoy and let loose with your friends and do crazy things and basically just have a good time you'd have bonfires i can actually picture bonfires on the side of the beach playing tunes on on a guitar or on a ukulele or something like that and just basically enjoying enjoying life yeah so if you see there is a bit of a difference between those two forests are more to quiet and reserved and more to like the inside of things while beaches are more to like the outside of things and yeah okay fine you guys got me <laughs> if i were to choose i would choose beaches as well at first i really thought it was a good debate but you guys proved me wrong so oh well this was supposed to be longer i guess but beaches for the win let's go speaking of hanging out with the boys over the weekend it actually reminded me of when i was younger i had a really embarrassing camping experience (laughs) i think it was nearby a beach i think it was a beach or a lake i don't know childhood memories are really distorted you know i i can barely remember my childhood memories and i have no idea what usually happens throughout most of it but i can tell you this this was one of my weird kind of moments so me and my family actually went to camp for a weekend i think and i have no idea where it is but all i remember is that there was a beach nearby and there were other campers and i brought my bike and i i don't know i was like 10 years old no not even probably nine years old and yeah so imagine me nine years old with a really, really small bike and just an attitude of a child. <laughs> Happy-go-lucky no matter what. 
I remember that when we set up camp nearby the beach, I had a neighbor, a, a camping neighbor <laughs> that had a child about the same age as me and we were pretty cool. And of course, I don't know what's up with children, but you can really get along well when you're children. All you got to do is like just say hi and things magically just <laughs> happen as a person I am now. I, I don't I find it hard to make friends. But when I was a kid, no, do you like hot dogs? I like hot dogs. OK, let's be best friends. <laughs> so as a story, I found this neighbor, camper neighbor that was about my age and we both had bikes which was i guess our kind of like introduction to being friends so we 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 had a blast i i was there for like two or three days i think so we got along pretty early and we played during the first day and then the second day the moment that i woke up i went to his tent and we actually got out our bikes again and just played i guess and yeah, we we had a pretty cool time. But the funny thing happened was when we crossed paths with an older kid. And <laughs> I feel like this thing only happens in movies where like two younger kids are like chilling out and then just an older kid just comes in and like ruins all the party. Yeah, that's basically what happened to us. <laughs> so my friend was actually on training wheels and... I, being the professional I am, was riding two wheels. So we were just having a jolly of a time until one older kid, I guess he was like 13 or 14, started dissing my friend <laughs> because he was on training wheels. And my friend was like, I guess, kind of pissed. And he wasn't pissed. He was kind of sad. And I was like, bro, why are you doing this to us? <laughs> we're kids. <laughs> and then what happened was that Okay, things are getting a little bit hazy, but I remember that I wanted to actually show off in front of him because he was being a complete dirtbag. I remember that it was it came to a point where my friend was just like really sad and he just didn't want to ride his bike anymore and I wanted to show him that you know, I I didn't like him. So, I went up to the guy, the older guy's tent and I did what any child would think would be amazing. I, I did a wheelie. <laughs> I did a wheelie thinking that I achieved something. And I was like, yeah, I can do wheelie. How about you? <laughs> and then the thing is, my mistake is that I did it in front of his tent. So his whole family was watching. And I don't know. I had the guts when I was younger. <laughs> oh, my God. Thinking about it, it's just like. Yeah, I'm cool. I can do a wheelie. What about you? And what happened after that it was just the complete death of me. He he was like laughing at me and he was laughing with his family. And I guess his family wasn't also that great <laughs> because they were laughing together. And then after that, after my little stunt of doing a wheelie in front of them, I went over to my friend and I was like, hey, I settled things. Let's just keep playing, right? And the next thing you know, there goes his father coming out of nowhere doing a wheelie as well. <laughs> and then I just stared in awe at his father and I was like, oh my God, this guy is cooler than me. 
and then the whole family was like watching them and then they were watching me and then everything just went downhill i i guess i died it like right there so yeah i don't know my point in this honestly it's just talking about hanging out with friends made me remember this old friend that i probably i don't even remember the name of that person but yeah that was a weekend that, that was a pretty cool weekend i feel like this week's episode is really just me rambling on about things but oh well you gotta have a little bit of everything right <laughs> okay i think we should move on to the very last segment of this podcast which i know you guys would like and to end off this podcast with the blast I want to talk about one of the craziest things that happened this week. And I say crazy a lot, but I guess this is like a really unique kind of thing. So do you know that feeling when you're at a mall or you're at some store or something like that? And then all of a sudden, your little sister, your little brother, or even your baby just like disappears out of nowhere. And you're like struggling to go to every aisle and figure out where the heck are they where have they gone to and then you know you see them and then they're just basically staring at something random just like a bag of flour or something like that and then that mini heart attack just kind of like goes away yeah so that was me this week (laughs) here's a little context i had two hedgehogs and these hedgehogs are they're really opposite from each other. They are albino hedgehogs, and they're not actually the brown ones that you see that are all cute and cuddly. They are actually white, all white with red eyes. So they basically have a kind of like vampire kind of look. So basically, since it's a vampire, I couldn't stop myself from actually naming them as a vampire. So yeah. Since they're a couple, I named the guy Vlad based on Dracula. So he's like Vlad the Impaler and he definitely lives up to his name. <laughs> and then the the girl one, I named it Ilona. Ilona is actually the first wife of Vlad. Yeah, Vlad lives up to his name because he actually bit Ilona one time. <laughs> and then she actually was bleeding everywhere. And I was like, oh my God. So I had to separate them. But I let them out whenever they play. And, you know, they, they get along well. It's just that they can't really stay in in the same cage for long amounts of time. But, okay, I'm getting a little bit sidetracked right now. But <laughs> usually when I would clean their cages, I would leave them be. And I would let them, like, roam around outside. So Ilona. Ilona is actually the smartest hedgehog I know. And I know two of them. And I certainly know Vlad is not one of them. (laughs) But Ilona is a really smart hedgehog. And she actually has like these certain routes that she would follow. And she would go to like these most random places. Like first time she actually went inside the storage. And she found her way under all of the, I don't know, tools and stuff. And she went in all clean. And then she came out all dusty. And like, and it was really hard to actually take her out. So I, I, I had to stop her from going into the storage by like putting a little stick under there and then she found another place to hang out and that was pretty much fine but basically the point here my god i'm getting sidetracked the point here is that one day about last week or something like that i actually showed her uh my willow tree and the willow tree is actually kind of far it was in front of my house so i 
let her walk around there. And then she actually remembered it. So while I was cleaning out her cage this week, she was gone. She was like absolutely gone. And I was that parent that was like freaking out, wondering where the heck their kids are, right? So <laughs> I looked in the storage and usually if you want to find them, you just have to like be really silent and listen to the little pitter patters of their feet or basically like the scratching or anything. And I went into the storage and there was absolutely nothing. I basically looked everywhere around the house and it, it, she was gone. So I started freaking out. And by the time it was actually getting close to night, so I was like hectic, hectic like crazy. I started looking under my car. I started going outside and looking under peep, looking under people's cars. And, you know, it just got to a point where I had no idea where she went. But I went to the willow tree and then I just kind of had like this instinct. Ooh, parental instinct. <laughs> Yeah, right. But I had this instinct that she was there or something like that. But I didn't see her because uh, there were a lot of big leaves. And, you know, I didn't think that she would actually go under. I checked a few of them, but she wasn't under there. So I just stayed under the willow tree for like the longest time. And then that's when I heard a little, little, little crunch of a leaf. And I was like, oh, my God, she's here. <laughs> I got you now. So I actually lifted the only leaf that I didn't pick up and there she was just like chilling there and I was like oh my god everything just like melted away and all the worries and were gone and I yeah it felt like I lost a child <laughs> but I found her and that was a crazy thing that I experienced today now I know how it feels like when parents lose their child I do not want to lose a child let alone a human child so <laughs> Let this be a lesson to me. <laughs> but that was a really cool thing to experience. No, it wasn't cool. That was a really unique thing to experience. And I mean, Ilona is actually a really, really smart hedgehog. Vlad literally does not go anywhere. He just stays in one place. And the place where I let him out of his cage is a place where he stays until I'm done cleaning the cage. So he doesn't want to move and he's like really, really big and not really friendly with people. So I don't need to worry about him. But Ilona really is the Houdini of the family. <laughs> She's going to go places. So that's basically the highlight of this week. And yeah, I wonder where she'll go next. <laughs> And that's about it for the podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed, although it may have been a little bit short. I actually had a lot of things to do this week, and I also had a test as well. But hopefully I, you guys enjoyed, still enjoyed it. <laughs> I also had my birthday recently, and with that said, I just i am really grateful for everyone who wished and everyone who... <laughs> everyone who did anything it's just it means so much to me i'm really thankful i'm really happy and yeah say hello to my pet jellyfishes aside from hedgehogs i do have jellyfishes as well and if you guys don't know what i'm talking about you might as well head to the waffling podcast on instagram and see what's happening okay <laughs> this is my boy jelly yeah right here he's jelly because like he's like the cool he's a cool one and then here we have joe which is yeah we don't talk about joe <laughs> but 
yeah hope you guys enjoyed and hope you guys are enjoying this as well i mean look at them they're beautiful look at look at jelly so graceful and joe joe uh, joe <laughs> well that's all i have for now and i'll see you in the next one bye bye